I am John, Wookiee impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. Eric of the Loch Ness and Jacob. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Alright, hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Super Awesome Geek Show. Today we got something really cool for you. I'm John, your host of the Super Awesome Geek Show. That's not the only cool thing I got for you. I also have Chris Perillo for you. He's really cool. Say hello, Chris. Hello! <laughs> Chris is the Geek Father online. Do you want to tell everybody just a little bit real quick about it? Uh, I'm a dad, and I also happen to be a geek. And I'm old enough to have gone to the first run of Star Wars a couple weeks after its release. I was just uh, a little beyond a toddler at that stage. But uh, I'm vintage. I'm not old. I'm vintage. That's it. Yeah, right? And I do everything on social. <laughs> Chris is everywhere. He is the master of social. And we also have Chris Sultan with us of the Collector's Hut. Chris, go hey. ahead and say hello and tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. What's going on, everyone? Um, my name is Chris Salton of the Collector's Hut, and I love all things Star Wars, and I uh, review it on YouTube. You know, we should also say where we're from. So, Chris Perillo, you're here in Seattle, right? Yeah, I'm right down the street from you. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Salton, you're in what part of Boston area? Peabody. Yeah. And it's really awesome, right? <laughs> it's wicked. wicked awesome, guy. W- wicked, yeah. <laughs> wicked awesome, right? Did I do that right? <laughs> and we also have his uh the other half of Bruise and Blasters, Joe Trevano with RetroZapped. Go ahead and say hello, Joe, and tell everybody a little bit about what you do. Hey, what's going on, John? Uh yep, Joe Trevano with RetroZap.com, editor over here. Um, yep, uh we we write about a lot of fun stuff, and uh Bruise and Blasters is pretty much just a big old Star Wars party. Yeah, with you and Chris Sultan, right? Oh, that's it, right? What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Hey, Joey. We talk about <laughs> we talk about food. We talk about Star Wars. We talk about pretty much anything we want. We're renegades. <laughs> renegades. 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 It's all off the cuff, too. It's like... <laughs> it's I, will there be any Crystal Lime joining us today? <laughs> I don't know. Is, is Crystal Lime around? I don't know if he's around. I don't know, man. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, we're doing a bit. Anyone who listens to Bruise and Blasters, that's like a little inside joke. You Go ahead and listen. Go over there and listen to those guys, and then you'll get it if you don't already. That wasn't a joke at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. And we also have Bill with us. Bill is the lo- on uh, Twitter at The Lost Star Wars. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I, um, I spend way too much time playing the Star Wars card trader <laughs> app uh, way too much time yeah i've I've said i've sent you a couple of my pick of the days uh on twitter there yeah (laughs) like that one time i got two of the same card in one pack i'm like come on double dip yeah am i the only one who doesn't get into star wars card trader Uh, i I, 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 I need to i feel like i need to (laughs) i was gonna say you need to i would i feel like it but i i probably not so many collectibles, so little time. 
And from our group, we have, uh, well, actually, first, I want to say, I think I'm going to save our group for last. First up, we got uh, uh, Super Awesome Geek Show Superfan came into my store one day at the uh, the store I work at for my day job, and we got along really well. Mm -hmm. And he is a huge Star Wars fan. So I thought, since he's a huge Star Wars fan and a huge Super Awesome Geek Show fan, I'd let him come on the show with us. So Jason, say hello to everybody. Hey now, Jason Connolly, live from Issaquah, Washington, which is just outside of of Seattle, Washington, in 1977, changed my life. <laughs> and Joe, what do you do? Uh, we we or Jason, sorry, what do you do? Yeah. Well, I am. Uh, I'm actually. I'm a graduate from Cornish College of the Arts with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Acting, and so I just left nice. my career at Microsoft, and so I'm I'm wanting to kind of kind of put on a you know an old uh uh pick up my acting thing again and just trying to hack my way through things so i believe me i've put it out there going how can i get into the next star wars picture funny <laughs> funny jj abrams they were running a contest on a thing called omaze and that's where you can actually enter a raffle to to uh hopefully get picked or selected to be in the next the last star wars picture and uh I found out how to enter for free, so I entered so many times, hundreds of times a day, where the system said, I can't enter anymore. <laughs> so, come by hook or crook, I'm going to get into a Star Wars picture. So, there we are. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 wish you luck there. Thank you. And we have Christina with us, one of our co-hosts. Say hello, Christina. Hello. Christina does a pretty neat little blog called Authors Crossing. I do. And I had John on there and, you know, other authors. Yeah. And then and she decided to join us on the show as a rotating co-host. Yeah, I rotate every week. No, I'm just kidding. You've been on, yeah, just about every week, yeah. Well, John asks and I'm like, yep, sure. Yeah. And I am joining me in the studio today as a good friend of mine. Chris has met him. This is Derek Dunning. Master GM, Game Master, for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> and a huge Star Wars fan, guru, you might say. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I don't do all the podcasts and stuff like you guys do. Um, my day job, I'm a pawnbroker, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I live in his neck of the woods. I live in Seattle, or Bellevue, more specifically. Yeah. Cool. So uh, that's our crew for today, and what we're doing is we are all gathered here to talk Star Wars The Force Awakens, and I know that a lot of listeners out there, a lot of people who've seen this film, have been talking about holes in it, uh, plot problems, um, things that might be messed up with the writing or the editing, someone could argue one or the other on some of these points, Um so I thought that I'd gather a group of huge Star Wars fans, which we all are, and we could come up with Star Wars answers to these questions and make these things right. And, but before we do that, I just met with someone uh, who is going to be releasing a new song tomorrow in the Star Wars universe. And we have the debut of the song right here. I just met with him about an hour or two ago, and he gave me the files. We had a small little interview, which will also go up uh, as a separate thing that you guys can listen to. But um, right now, I just want to play the song. Uh, 
that he has written for Kylo Ren. It's an alternate theme song, and it's in uh, tribute to John Williams and uh, his masterpieces that he has created through the years for us all. So uh, why don't we listen to that real quick? I think we can all hear it if Joseph plays it. Ready to go. All right, let's go. And then we can all give our thoughts and see if we like this song or not, and if it fits Kylo Ren or not, all right? All right, three, two, one. What do you guys think? Who wants to? Chris, do you want to chime in first? Yeah, yeah, Chris. I don't know if I'm the old Republic or new Republic, Chris. Uh, it's a very common name. Um, yeah, yeah. I, for some reason, and I just closed my eyes and listened to, to what was played, and I just get this. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying this, but like an '80s horror movie kind of vibe from it. Um, <laughs> you know, that, so less Star Wars and more '80s horror. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, hey, no, it was an excellent piece of music. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about it. It's just that mentally, immediately, my head went to some kind of thing chasing teenagers through the woods for some reason. <laughs> Joe, what'd you think of that? 
Uh, yeah, I think Chris, you're, you're definitely um, you're definitely on to something there. Uh, it, did did, did your, your the the person who composes? I mean, really, really talented. But I got the like a, a real metal vibe too. Too like if someone was shredding on guitar, this would be uh, <laughs> also just like a, a a killer metal tune. Um, yeah. It's made by a guy named Zazu Pitts from Sour Note Productions. <clears throat> I yep there there we go. Um, I'm gonna guess it probably has a metal background in there and uh i definitely was picking up a little bit of like like aliens like james cameron um vibe there maybe a lot of hans zimmer i think more than john williams i would probably have to say um fantastic tune not sure if it if it it fits into uh the the oeuvre of john williams (laughs) but you know i i i've worked in oeuvre for the first time this decade so that's kind of (laughs) a big win for me there (laughs) Uh, but good song right loved it yeah um okay christine what'd you think christina um i thought it was like a good song like you said um i agree with chris in the whole like slasher type but if i close my eyes and put kylo ren in with the song i just pretty much saw him marching around slashing things because having that, a temper tantrum exactly that's the vibe the the music gave me like he was just mad like maybe he's out there slashing the trees or like he's pissed off or i don't know it just for a minute that's where my head um went to so but then it kept going and i was like well that's a long temper tantrum so <laughs> you know so i'm like oh maybe he's angry and he's chasing someone i was trying to see where it would fit like picture wise yeah in... he said he was gonna do a video and put some uh, kylo ren yeah. scenes or images or something in it when he when he releases it on monday to me it's not a typical <clears throat> star wars song but that's just me but i could yeah I could see like maybe a music video with it. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to check it out when he posts everything tomorrow. Uh, Derek's got something to say. And then Jason. I could see it maybe broken up into a small scene. I don't think the whole track would be appropriate, but maybe one of his smaller fits or tantrums. Uh, Interestingly enough, when John told me about the soundbite, which I didn't know about until tonight, I was thinking about the Kylo Ren YouTube song of Adele. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen the Adele song. Hilarious, but not really relevant to this conversation. <laughs> and but, Jason, what do you got? You know, for me, it felt like it it fit in very well with the Star Wars video game. Mm. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, You're kind of like right. that Force Awakens kind of vibe with the uh, or some early of the Jedi stuff, uh, especially going back to like the PlayStation 2 days. It, I don't know. I was closing my eyes and I was visualizing playing. You know, maybe not as new as Battlefront, but some of the earlier Star Wars games, it kind of had a nice so kind of that rock, you know, anthem rhythm to it. But yet it had a lot of good evil behind it. You know, if, if like if they made like a Force Awakens game for the yeah. Super Nintendo, yeah. this would have been the music. Well, I no, wouldn't I... say Super Nintendo, but, you know, I don't know. Does anyone else feel that vibe? You know what I mean? Go Atari. Just... Uh, the, Atar- the classic sure. Parker Brothers, the Empire yes. Strikes Back, this relentless attack. Yeah. Of, you know, <laughs> the dot. Basically, or a series of dots, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just basically just it's a shooter, right? You just kind of they just come in droves and droves and droves, yep. and you're you're uh, you know sl- slashing and blasting. So I liked it though. Hmm. All right, cool, cool, cool. 
You know, anyone something? else got anything else real quick before we go on? That music runs through my head every Monday morning, basically, <laughs> when I'm getting ready for work. <laughs> but I, I definitely agree that um, it definitely has that villain vibe to it. Um, I think Perillo said it pretty best with a horror film. I, you really painted a picture when you said people running through woods, you know. But um, I, I think it's good. It doesn't feel like Star Wars to me, but um, definitely a nice piece of music. Cool. All right. Thanks. I'm sure he'll uh, enjoy hearing all the different feedback. All right. Let's move on to the thing. So like I said before, in Star Wars The Force Awakens, I think we can all agree that there are some things that were kind of like, what? Do, you know, what just happened there? Or did I miss something? Right. Isn't there little spots you guys think in there? Mm-hmm. A couple of areas, right? Right. Yep. So um, I wanted to gather all yeah. of us together. And see if we can come up with Star Wars answers for some of these things. Or just discuss them and have fun talking about it. Uh, So the first thing that was on my mind is... I I almost kind of went chronologically through the movie as I was watching it and just kind of writing notes. The very first thing that I had was for some of the... I know some of the people out there don't know who this guy is, especially my father. He was like, who is the old man in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Uh, In the credits, he's... What was his name again? It was Lor, San- uh, Lor Santeca. Yeah, Lor Santeca. Yeah. And the thing is, is what is his connection to Star Wars and the Skywalker family, and maybe even like um, is was there a connection to Poe? Like, where does he fit in? Was he in Rebels anywhere? Did we see him before somewhere? Are we supposed to know who he is? No. I guess, yeah. I don't think so. I didn't, I, but I didn't need to know who he was to know that he played a role. And I would fully expect, you know, some backstory at some point, but I can't see it go beyond like a, a comic arc or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lorsen Tekka, the only way I was able to find any kind of information was looking at the Visual Dictionary. And in the Visual Dictionary, they established that uh, during the dark times, he went into hiding. So he's part of some kind of Force-related church. He's not a Force-sensitive, but he's aware of the Jedi and helped him out during the dark times. Other than that, never heard of the guy, never seen any reference to a comic book or a show. But the Visual Dictionary helped me with that one. Interesting. I really like the idea of somebody not being Force-sensitive, but feeling strongly about the religion. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting aspect to it that it's that it's kind of a religion. But that they've said that in the first one, you know, he said your ancient religion hasn't conjured up those, right? Uh, stolen dad tapes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I was just intrigued by his line where he was saying, "You cannot deny the truth that is your family," which made me think that he had a strong connection somehow to Han and Leia and their family. And uh, maybe that's just through the resistance, right? Is that what you think? Yeah, I mean, no one knows who Laura Santeca is before The Force Awakens, because that, I mean, in in real real universe, it hasn't been written yet. Yeah. Um, The movie starts in media res. I mean, that meaning it it just picks up in the middle of a story, just like uh, just like Star Wars did in '77. Yeah. So um, that's kind of the beauty of it. So you get to know the the character through what they're doing right that moment on screen, just like you did with Darth Vader and with Princess Leia. And right there in like two lines, you're already establishing who this character is. So it's, uh, you know, that's why they got someone like Max von Sydow who can just express so much in so, so little, 
you know, such a little time. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. My dad said that he actually thought it was Obi-Wan Kenobi and he was confused as to how he was back alive. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of why I wanted to touch on him real quick to make it clear to anyone out there who doesn't understand what might be listening to this show. Yeah. That's going to happen. Right. (laughs) You know, know, John, plus, you know, we needed to have somebody to receive the, the most fantastic line to the fans themselves where this will begin to make things right. Yes, there you with go. With respect to the foreshadowing of the the movies that are to follow, too. Maybe that's J.J. Abrams' way of telling the fans that this is the beginning. Ah, oh, yes, of, yeah. of making our whole Star Wars experience right. <laughs> it's interesting because I've, uh, I've, I can echo a couple of sentiments. Number one, um, the, uh, the idea that the Force is un- not necessarily understood but respected, much like Maz Kanata, even though she may very well be Force-sensitive, but Laura Santeca, the basically the head of, well, I guess in this particular cell uh, for the Church of the Force, the idea that the Force exists and is understood, understood that it exists beyond just the Jedi or Jedi Order or Jedi or Sith. And then Disney kind of making a, whether it was Disney or J.J., basically saying, okay, this will begin to set things right. That was like, wasn't that the first line of the movie? Yeah, the first I human so. line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, first human line. Yeah. Well, um, BB-8, yeah, because he did his beeps, right? <laughs> so it's uh, – I, 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 I kind of picked up on that too and thought, hmm, that was very telling. More, less about what's, what's coming ahead and more about where we're coming from specifically. Mm. Okay, yeah. I'm not a prequel hater at all, uh, but you know, from the prequels and, and that it left a lot of fans disenfranchised. Some, some fans reluctantly coming – coming back to the Star Wars universe, and some of them still not being happy. Right. Yeah. To say? Yeah, there was just one other background thing. Did any of you read the book, uh, the novelization? Yeah. There there was a mention of, I think, Kylo, when that conversation was going on in the book, and I couldn't remember if it happened in the movie, but I think he called him a mercenary or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, th- I think the idea was that he was... Um at some point, some sort of adventurer, like he has really wandered the galaxy quite a bit and uh, has seen a lot of things, uh, you know, very similar to how Han Solo was in his uh, younger days. Huh. Yeah, I found it interesting word that word choice there. Um, I don't know what to make of it exactly, but something to note. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I kind of wonder if Disney's going to roll out some more information in either novel or comic book form now that this character's been established a little bit on screen. See, I'd imagine it with the comics more so because comics are more accessible. Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, well, I mean, I know novels will, will definitely dive deeper, but I, I just can't see it go beyond a, a comic uh, arc. And, and they can know. push those out pretty quick. Yeah. Well, yeah. And based on fan feedback, right? I mean, if something's going to bite, Disney, better than anybody, will license it and could do a spinoff. Yeah, you don't know. You never know. <laughs> With this particular character, because he has a long history, at least since the dark times, who could even see him in Rebels, depending on what Disney wants to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. could throw him in in one of the mm-hmm. other upcoming seasons and sort of give us some background just in, like, an episode. Yeah. Because they, be they did a couple cool. of that in the Clone Wars, right, where we got to know lesser-known characters a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Clone yeah. Wars definitely has a lot of good examples of uh, lesser-known characters or previous legend characters becoming Being canon. Being out, right? Yeah. 
so my second thing is it's still in the village, but my second interest was uh, Kylo Ren when he's walking away after he freezes the uh, blast from Poe po Dameron and captures Poe Dameron, and they're taking him on the ship, and it's it's after I think it's even after everyone uh, the vill in the village gets killed. They're all blasting him away, and we see Kylo Ren walking with a couple troopers to get back onto his shuttle, and all of a sudden, Kylo Ren stops. Um, he just totally stops, tilts his head a little bit, and then he looks in Finn's direction. And to me, the stop, the tilting of the head, means I'm sensing something, mm -hmm. and something's going on, and he tilts his head to look around for where it's coming from, or maybe getting a better feed on it. And then once he has it, he turns his head and looks at Finn. So I'm wondering, is there some kind of latent force sensitivity within Finn? Or is Kylo Ren sensing Finn's overwhelming fear? Because Kylo himself is so afraid, he's extra tuned in to fear. Uh, Chris Perillo, you had something to say first? Uh, yeah, and, and we actually talked about this in between the second and third time that we saw. The, yeah, I think so, film. right? Yeah. Because uh, you you posed the same question to me then, and I never got the feeling that Finn was Force-sensitive uh, at, at all. Like, I think Finn is just a, a part of what's going on. And if anything, I think Kylo Ren may have just picked up on the fact that there that Finn was exhibiting a great deal of fear and was kind of frozen. He was the anomaly. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, any anything that stands out like a sore thumb, that's that's usually the thing that gets attention. The squeakiest wheel gets the grease. So given that Kylo's, you know, just generally tuned in to what's going on, able to, you know, keep a, 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 bol a blaster uh, a bolt, like, suspended in midair indefinitely, um, I, I think he'd be just as tuned into an immense amount of feelings from Finn that have nothing to do with the, the Force within Finn, apart from the Force acting upon Finn. If, if that was the case. But I don't think Finn is a Jedi. I don't think he, he has the Force. Derek, you got something you want to... Um, well, I'm in a very similar uh, case with Chris, because actually Chris, John, and I all saw the film. Yeah. Uh, after the fourth viewing, I would have to agree with Chris. I was a little bit on the edge. I thought, well, maybe um, you know Finn could be Force-sensitive because of the turnaround moment. But I really... I think I'd have to start with Chris. I think it's the fact that he senses a great deal of fear from Finn and maybe even the indecision or anxiety in the force. Sure. Christina? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, because Finn figured out the lightsaber so quickly. I'm like, well, you know, I thought that was, I thought it was reaching too far to say that Finn was force sensitive because I was like, eh. Um, only because, yeah, I think his emotions in the moment where he's out there and he's asked to kill people and he knew it was wrong and inside he didn't want to do that and he's avoiding it and he didn't shoot or he missed shot or whatever and his friend died and he's having all these huge, huge, huge emotions, anxiety, fear, sadness. I mean, all of it. I mean, it's, he's probably just this one big ball of emotions in his suit. And I mean, I'm sure Kylo Ren was like, what the heck? You know, because he's probably already thinking, how can I ditch these guys? And huh. Kylo's probably like, okay, I got to watch that one. So that was my thought on what happened. I don't think he's, I don't think there's any force sensitivity or otherwise inside of him at all. Yeah, so it's all emotional, you think? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason? Yeah, I I'm I think we're all in agree- agreement with uh it's not so much the force sensitivity but just feeling feeling that anguish because I can't if we take a step back if there was a force sensitivity wouldn't he have sensed it before before that right. moment? Right. Back on, you know, either on the Starbase killer or wherever. So so even I, if it was small and latent, you think they would pick up on it? I think he would have picked up on it. I mean, let's go back to Jedi. You know, I am in da- you know, Luke Skywalker. I'm endangering this mission. He knows yeah. I'm here, kind of thing. Yeah. I think he would have detected that amongst his drone of troopers. Well, long right before, yeah. Okay. Would, I think it would have been a bit overt, if anything. It would have been, it would have been obvious. Right. I'm pretty satisfied with that. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, yeah, right. I, I go with that. Yeah. I'm in agreement with all these guys. All right, cool. <laughs> Let's move on to Ray a little bit. So we see Ray getting these parts inside the uh, uh, downed Star Destroyer, right? And then she goes, this was just one thing where I, I kind of was like, who are these people and why would they be doing this to her? Uh, she goes to clean it and we see her cleaning and then she looks at the older woman and she sees this. Sh- Is this where she sees the ship in the distance, right? No. And she starts daydreaming? No. she While cleaning the part? That was edited out. It, originally it was shot, but that was edited out. Okay, okay. So all we really saw was her looking at the elderly lady and then daydreaming. Almost what I thought was like, boy, am I going to be here cleaning these parts as long as that lady has? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and then these two little guys get all up in her face and start grunting at her, which at first, my first viewing, I thought they were like owners of her. Like, they were busting her to keep working. You know, like, she worked for them. But then we see her selling the same part to Unker Plot, right? And so I was like, well, do those guys then own a shop where people come to clean stuff? Like, why were they get, getting so upset at her when she was daydreaming? What do you think? I think maybe they're just, like, nosy, you know? And I think that whole area where they're cleaning their pots that they find... I think it's very similar to like a market, you know, like, um, you know, you see people cleaning corn on the cob and then they buy it because they don't want to bring that mess home with them. Yeah. And that was like the vibe that I got that it was so just you, like, OK, this is your area. Do do your thing. And then you can sell it to Ankar. So you kind of think they were like disgruntled, like people who were next in line or something like, what the hell? Keep working. I need to use this thing. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I, I, I think they'd be Ankar's thugs. Or, or, or like, like little henchmen. Little, little henchmen. Yeah, because I mean, they're they're. I, I can't think of any other reason why they'd be pushing her along, mm. apart from there being a schedule and like you know you got to get your stuff in today, get your stuff in today. What do you think, Jason? You know that's interesting because I had the same vibe as you, John, when I first saw it. A flashback to young Anakin, who was sold. Mm-hmm. Right, and I was thinking, oh, are we kind of seeing the same situation here as they're all gathered around that sink or whatever that it was you know, cleaning those parts. And then, then it kind of diffused to me. Then I kind of got confused going, okay, then maybe she isn't a, a slave that was, that was purchased. Right. So I, uh, I felt the same way you did though at first, but I, I wasn't sure what to make of it. Then it seems like she's her own free being. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. So it's funny. Like she, she's not a slave, but no, yeah, that's clear. Right. But yeah. Unkar you know, when you, when you step into Ankar's market, I mean, what is his and what is not his? You know, those lines are pretty blurred. I think he kind of tries to claim ownership on pretty much every you know piece of of scrap that walks into that 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 uh, that marketplace. <laughs> so 
you know, it, it, I got the feeling that she was like kind of renting the table and tools. Sure. Okay. Up so she could probably, you know, try and get a, a better price for whatever she found. And, um, you know, those, uh, to, to Chris's point about, about being uncrashed thugs, it looked like he, you know, uh, if she had daydreamed, well, she's kind of wasting time that other people could be cleaning things to sell to Uncar. So, yeah. you know, he kind of he's attacking the uh, the marketplace from both ends at that point, trying to drive in as much profit as possible. So is she a slave? No, but it's all it's, you know, it's not uh, the the most beautiful free marketplace in the entire world either. <laughs> Jason. No, that's that's actually uh, I think it's a very insightful point because. I mean, he clearly establishes that he's big man on campus because doesn't he even try to claim BB-8? Oh, yeah, yeah. He wants the You know, drawing, it's like, hey, yeah. wait a second. That's not yours. Hey, that's mine. And then he throws all the food towards her. Yeah. So. He sends a couple thugs to get her afterwards. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Any thoughts, Derek? No, oh, I, I, I like uh, Joe's read on it. I think that's actually absolutely spot on. I think Unkar Plot controls the market and... Um, He's deciding what should happen, and I think everyone who goes there is probably very dependent on the food, and you know his good graces, if you will. She even <laughs> she even has a line that says, she says, "Oh well, I gave you these parts last time, and you paid more for them." And you see that he's changing the prices on her as well. So I think he really is in control. A little uncarplet trivia for those who have picked up the three and three quarter inch scale figure: you can actually remove one of his arms or his hand. oh really yeah nice. that, was, that was something hasbro put in from uh um, what a scene that was eventually uh deleted and may end up making it on the the blu-ray copies or digital copies uh oh. upcoming but yeah a little uh, a little bit of trivia oh, nice. that was intentional and you guys know who's in the costume right yeah that'd be simon oh. Pegg. yep <laughs> who simon Pegg. oh cool <laughs> So uh, now I want to get into Poe a little bit. So we see Poe, and he's very cocky. We he comes out, and uh, later on in the film, we find out like um, Kylo Ren actually says to him, "I didn't know we had the best fighter pilot in the Resistance on board, or whatever." And we find out that the Resistance values him very much. He has his own special ship that's painted black that no one else seems to have. And my question was basically, how is first off, how is he so good as a pilot? How there was a book or something that was out that claims he only joined two weeks ago, and my feeling was like, well, how could he be only like two weeks worth of piloting in the next wing and be the best, already be in charge and be the one, the best pilot in the entire resistance, you know? And I was started thinking about it, like how could that be, if that is true. And I said, well, maybe he's got some latent force sensitivity inside of him because he grew up, according to the comic books, next to a force-sensitive tree. So I was wondering if some of that force-sensitive tree-ness like, seeped into him or something. Like Maybe he ate the fruit off the tree and like had extra metachlorians inside of him or something. I don't know. Like, What do you guys think about all that? Because he shot down 10 X-Wings in a row during the scene where uh, they were attacking Maz Kaneda's place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, whether or not he has the force remains to be seen. I think um, it could be written either way, and they they purposefully did that. Um, 
you know, whether or not the tree is bringing out forest ability that he may or may not have. I mean, I, I don't know if you if you get the forest, so to speak, from uh from a tree. Yeah, I, I, you know, you're you're sort of you know born with the ability to commune with the forest. Uh, you know, or you or you don't. I mean, everyone sort of has that level. Yeah. Of, you know. Well, I kind of wondered about the tree in general. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you um, know that that's an odd thing, don't you think? I mean, did you did everybody read those comics? Or do they? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're yeah. talking about the Shattered Empire four issue. Yeah. Up. yeah. Yeah. I can thank Bill for um, filling me in on that. Thanks, Bill. No problem. So, um, so which book was saying that he was there for two weeks? Uh, with, so apparently there's the a beginning? there's a a younger a book for younger readers and it has is it four short stories in it is it before the force something like that right yeah. Derek did, did you know do you familiar with that book um there is uh, an e novelization that um is before the awakening is that the one we're referring yes. to okay it's in uh, book okay. form as well it's in book form as well oh okay yeah that I'm I'm familiar with that but. My answer to John's question might be a little different than where you guys are going. Go, go yeah. ahead. I think I think to the last thing I just wanted to say. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. No, go ahead. Oh Joe. no, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Finish I, your I thoughts. Come on, Joe. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The la- the last thing I, I just wanted to say was, well, you know, uh, two weeks to be that good in X Wing. Well, Luke Luke did it in like 30 minutes. So. All right. You're right. Yeah. 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 But he sure. grew up. But but Poe also grew up with. Uh, well, his mother at least was a star pilot. That's true. And his dad sure. did something in there, wasn't he? Like a fighter, or he—he he was. Yeah, he was also with the the rebellion. Yeah. From what we know, so he he grew up in it. Whether or not he grew up around, I mean, around the tree. Um, that that I I don't know if I necessarily picked up on that as much as I did. He, it runs in the family. So whether or not Poe was brought into the resistance two weeks earlier, I think. Uh, Leia's familiarity with his family was already had already been solidified. Sure. What were you going to say, Derek? Okay, so I think there's a couple of interesting points, and um, unfortunately, I think there were some key things that were that were cut from the film. For example, we don't know um, whether Poe was part of the New Republic, which is different from the Resistance. From what I understand, reading uh, some sources like the Visual Dictionary, uh, the Resistance is private a private organization that is uh, fronted by Leia. And so, um, conceivably, Poe could have been flying for the uh, New Republic for a while and then decided that he didn't like the ideology of the New Republic. And so, mm-hmm. he might not be two weeks in the cockpit. He could actually be a number of years. Okay, I mean, we're and talking, just joined the Resistance. We're talking, well, ago. 30 years after Endor. So, if he's a 30-year-old guy and he's been flying around for, I don't know, 15 years. Yeah. I, I think it's, a, it's just a very interesting question to ask. Uh, the Fort Tree thing, eh, it was kind of weird for me to read even as a fan. I'm not sure if he's force sensitive, and maybe they'll still establish that. Hmm. Christina, you had a thought? Yeah. Um. When I originally saw Poe, and afterwards, and after it all sunk in, and everybody was talking about how great Poe was and how awesome he is, well, yeah, yeah, he is. Um. For me, it's just like, okay, did they? And I wanted, like you said, more background on him because. Um, to me, it's just like, well, did they just pick a guy and say he's awesome and he flies and yeah, look at him. He's awesome. Two thumbs up because, you know, BB-8's his buddy, you know, double thumbs up. Um, but I think I agree that there has to be some kind of connection where Leia knew his family or 
like was said, it, he was part of something else, you know, he had to have been born or, I don't know, you want to say groomed into that life. And that he maybe like, there are some pilots, some people who are good at what they do. He's just really good at what they, what he does. You know, like in the other movies, there were some pilots that were just good at what they do. You know, I think I would like more information behind him. Um, For me, like I've said on previous podcasts, you know, I have a hard time like, okay, the comics say this, but this person says that and that book says that. There's like five things said about one person and it's just like, no, just kind of give me some background. You know, like I, I actually, he's, he's the one character I want to know more about because you know about Finn and everybody pretty much has made every speculation there has been about Ray. So (laughs) I mean, then there's just Poe. It's like, is he just awesome and good looking and can fly a plane, you know, or not a plane, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's just my thoughts is like, I agree that he has to have been born or Leia knows his family within there. Leia truly has to know some more about him. And that's just my thought. So Christina, is he the best looking guy in star Wars? No. (laughs) (laughs) Who is from a girl's perspective? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Even old, he was awesome. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Yoda. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chewbacca, I'm Halfway sorry, there. it's Chewbacca. Yeah. It's always been Chewbacca. <laughs> Jason and then Bill, right? You Go know, ahead. it's interesting. I can't when I with I kind of had flashbacks. Who was the? Okay, help me out here, guys. Back at Star Wars, Luke Skywalker was talking how he used to shoot the Womp Rats and the. The T-16 back home, he had his, he had his, uh, kind of his buddy that he looked up to that was a good pilot, um, Briggs. Biggs. Biggs, yes, Biggs. I had a flashback to Biggs, and I honestly, when I first kind of got this vibe going, because where does this guy come from? He's this, obviously, this ace pilot, and I was thinking, hey, is there a Biggs plot line along here somewhere, or is is this his son, or some kind of, (laughs) some kind of continuation? That was the first imagery I had when I... When I was experiencing that, I couldn't help but think of the parallel with Biggs in the first picture, you know, because why would these guys be so good? They're farm boys. They had to be good shooting the the stuff that would eat the crops and stuff. And maybe there's some kind of vibe along those lines, too. Ah, so you think shooting Womp Rants wasn't just because he was an evil child who was like (laughs) destroying fluffy animals. He was actually like it's like getting rid of the pests (laughs) that were eating his crops. Right. (laughs) Sure. Go ahead, Bill. What are you thinking? So I'm just I keep going back to the to Shattered Empire and thinking about uh, you know the the writers. While not everything has to obviously go through the story group, I mean that's the ending of a of a four issue comic series, and it's a pretty distinct ending. So I just can't imagine it's there for for no reason. So I do think that there's something. About that tree about that's the tree, yeah. doing something with, with Poe. Ha- I mean, there's something there. I just don't know what it is. Or they'll bring something where that tree comes in later and his parents were just the guardians of it, like kind of like how they implied, right? Because something will be needed to that tree in the future. That tree made a... Oh, no, that's a wand. Never mind. 
<laughs> Harry Potter's wand, right? You're going to mesh the universes? <laughs> oh, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> Please, Crossover. No. no. <laughs> well, you know, they are opening up, uh, what is it, Avatar Land, so maybe there's the, the Tree of Life kind oh, of they... vibe. Yeah. And, Joe, you were you were talking the other day about the uh, one of your uh, episodes of Bruising Blasters about the tree in Lord of the Rings, too. Oh, yeah, the two trees of Valinor. Yep. Yeah. Is there a tree in every movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those ones even made to the movies yet, but those were, uh, yeah, the, it, it was very, definitely the Lord of the Rings parallels there with, um, you know, like some first age stuff, like before the sun and the moon, there were two trees. One was silver, one was gold. Hmm. And uh, I, I think we'll, yeah, don't don't even get me started. I'm getting riled up here. <laughs> <laughs> even the trees walked in that movie. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Bingo. So we can move on to the next thing. Um, What do you think about this kind of thing? Because I I kind of felt like after seeing this movie that my question is, I guess, why is the dark side always so powerful? And then why do the good Jedi that that seemingly are more powerful don't ever deal with it? Like, um sort of like Jedi leaving their responsibilities until there's a time for someone else to come along to deal with it. Cause I don't want to, instead of stepping up, like, like I almost feel like Ben and Yoda could have together taken out the emperor and Vader, especially if they pulled Vader off planet and got him one at a time. You know what I mean? And then I feel like, in this instance, in this movie, like Luke could have dropped Kylo at any time he wanted because he's so he would be so powerful, but he doesn't. Instead, he waits again for someone, which we're going to assume Ray comes along, gets a little bit of training, and then she deals with it. But it's like the more powerful people just don't take the responsibility to deal with the powerful bad guy. They wait till someone who's less powerful than they are to throw at them. Like, what do you guys think about that kind of stuff? Well. I'm going to jump in, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, the uh, Depression's a real thing, uh, and I think it could very well exist uh, in uh, um, in the Star Wars galaxy, and, and it could do really weird things to you. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly. I don't think anybody's, any, any of us knows exactly what Luke was thinking. I think the, the way that... Uh, we, we learned about Yoda's destiny and Obi-Wan's destiny was, uh, a, I think it was an unfortunate, uh, not, not series of scenes, but I wish it didn't play out in episode three. It was just, it was like wrapped up in a nice bow in a package. And that really bothered me about how episode three ended because it was just too neat. It was too perfect. Um, and I wanted that bit of mystery and I didn't want to know that that's when it happened that Yoda went to Dagobah or Obi-Wan went to uh, Tatooine to over, you know, overlook Luke's upbringing. So Luke having done what he did, obviously he just, he put himself out of play. And I think that more than anything is almost the opposite perspective for what you're talking about. He knows he's so powerful. He's putting himself out of play. Like he knows that just like, I think someone referenced this line earlier from Jedi um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I shouldn't have come. I'm endangering the mission. I, I, I think Luke had that sensibility. If I, from this perspective, because I could easily play devil's advocate, um, he knew that he was too powerful, and he knew that after failing uh, Han and Leia with Ben, that is Ben Solo, 
uh, Kylo Ren, you know, he knew that he needed help. He couldn't do it on his own. He needed more time. He needed to learn more. He needed to, you know, talk to Force Ghost Ben or Yoda a, a little more, whatever it happened to me. I think Luke knew his power. And if if he screwed up something that he might have considered trivial, that is training, even though he's, he wasn't properly trained himself, if he kept going, maybe Luke knew that he'd screw things up even worse. And so, obviously, Snoke was a, a, a character that would have been known during the time that uh, Ben was still with uh, Leia and Han, or at least that was that was my belief based on the yeah. dialogue between Leia and Han, saying it was Snoke. Snoke turned him. Yeah. Uh, so Snoke's had some some degree of presence long before I think Ben went off to uh, to, to Luke, but. You know, it wasn't Luke's arrogance that I think, you know, ultimately was, was was the failing. I think it was because Luke is humble enough to know that he he doesn't know everything and he needs to know more before he screws things up, screws things up further. And maybe like hit like the other act people were saying he went off for the. Uh, what do you say? He went off looking for the first Jedi temple. Maybe that was his solution. Maybe he was just like. You know, I can't kill my sister's child. I've got to go and find some way to turn him back to the good side. Well, you know that, the, like, on the Jedi steps there at the end, and it took me the third viewing before I saw it, or maybe the fourth. I lost count. I think as did we all. Um, the uh, there were books. There were items on the stairs that yeah Ray pauses and looks at and then moves on. So. You know, he may very well have gone to the, the, the first Jedi temple or tried to find or at least found artifacts or, or knowledge, whether they're holocron uh, cubes or, or what have you. But, yeah, I, I just I I don't know if I have strong feelings about that. But if 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 I if I knew anything about Luke's character, I think it's because he, he just he knew he didn't know enough. Christina, were you there during that big lineup for uh, Rebels where they were chanting Hondo? I heard it. Was that on Saturday? <laughs> I think I'm pretty started. sure you guys started that, right? Yeah, I think my bro started and then the whole line started chanting Hondo. <laughs> you know, I, was in, um, I was in a lot of lines and yeah. uh, talking to people and passing out stuff to people and, and talking to toy makers and uh somebody who worked for uh they were, we're in LA I want to say is she going to work for LucasArts no I forgot I just I talked to some fascinating people we had a really cool person in line they actually bought like 10 of us jumbo jacks for no reason <laughs> it was pretty cool it was like whoa I've never had anyone just buy me food in line for me, that, that, cool. that was the hardest part because I had recently gone on a healthy eating kick and I brought all kinds of healthy snacks in my backpack and it was time to eat and I went outside and the food trucks and I'm just sitting there going, corn dog, pizza, yep. like <laughs> I am, that is going to make me sick. You know, I'm like, uh, you know, it, that was the old that con was diet, right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I told actually I don't know who I mean I've I've talked off and on but I'm actually getting closer and closer I've I found a venue to, to host like a Star Wars community content creators summit of sorts here in Seattle. Um, oh, that'll the, be cool. Yeah, the very Pacific, nice. Yeah, the Pacific Science Center had reached out to me during the launch and I said, well, it was too late because I already got my tickets for elsewhere. 
And um, and I was talking to him. I'm waiting right now to hear back from Lucasfilm about trademark or, you know, being able to use Star Wars or, or what yeah. have you. But given that celebrations in Europe this year, I'm like, I there's no way. I mean, like, I don't think it's going to happen um, for me. Or was it London? Yeah, um, specifically. Um, I, I'm, I'm working on basically assembling uh, a few different licensees and, and have got a venue and it, it may very well likely be time to be not long after celebration. But yeah, specifically a Star Wars content slash community creator summit of sorts. Not like it's like the anti celebration where you, you basically get to see everybody instead of having to rush from this hall to that hall to, mm-hmm. to this thing, to that thing. Yeah. So it's, it's very tight knit type of thing that's awesome that'd be cool yeah yeah that'd be great. yeah trust me as soon as i have like all the information i'll be reaching out to all the star wars podcasts i i follow pretty much i don't know if i follow everybody if you do mostly star wars stuff i follow you um if it's a mix it depends but uh i think just about everybody on the call if it's star wars i'm following just not me i do you no but... i, I yeah, it's but, like yeah, I, I watch all I look forward to the videos every day. I'm like, what's he gonna say today? <laughs> Something wacky. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I can fix that. I can also fix that because I, I have the power to you know <laughs> to follow people. And That's I, really I, cool. I love your little one. I love everything you do. I just sit yeah. there and go, oh, I can oh. get lost for an hour watching those. And one time I went an hour pos- passed by of me watching Chris Perillo YouTube. So, so <laughs> Jedi, just, she just started walking the other day. And yeah. um, I found out there's a local here in Seattle. She, uh, she's a wood, uh, she does woodwork. And she's, she was on Etsy and some, someone connected me with her. I'm commissioning a rocking ad at. For, oh, for wow. Cool. Oh, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, I don't want to name the price, but it was reasonable. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, like, hell yeah. So she's going to be twitching the build, like live streaming and everything. I'm like, that is so awesome. That's so, cool. Yeah, so she's going to she, – she, I'm commissioning her for a rocking ad at, smaller from her the scale that she's already done. And she's on Twitter. You'll Trust me, you'll if you're following, you'll you'll see it come up. Um, and then uh, I've also asked her to make uh, alphabet blocks. Uh, like maybe with Arabesh or at least like, you know, W is for Wicket. And, you okay, know, yeah. He is for, you know, Tebow or whatever. Um, and then, then puzzles and like, you know, vehicles, like little wooden vehicles. But she does woodwork stuff. And I'm like, D-, and she's in Seattle. And That's I'm like, cool. this is so cool. Yeah. We're going to have to, yeah, I'm going to have to check all that stuff out. This is going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Let's move on to the vision that, that Ray had. And uh, I wanted you guys to listen to one thing that, I did not pick out until the very last viewing that I went to. The 12th viewing was at Cinerama in downtown Seattle. And maybe the sound was just better at Cinerama. Or maybe I was sitting in a spot where I could, I just got the right angle from the stereo. Where I could finally hear this. But at the very end, I swear, it says, you must follow in your father's footsteps. And then we have um, Maz saying, this lightsaber belonged to Luke and his father before him, and now it calls to you. Like she's explaining the lineage of the Skywalker family. So to me, between the vision and what Maz says, it 100% solidifies that Rey is a Skywalker. Joe, do you want to play the clip? Yeah, sure. Three, two, one... That lightsaber was Luke's and his father's before him, and now 
He calls to you. So did you hear the follow father's footsteps or something like that? The last yeah. word's definitely footsteps, right? Yeah. The, the, these are so, your first steps. This is what I heard. These are your first steps. So uh, you, Gregor, recorded that, and he's on record by saying these are the first steps. Okay. So so you, so you he was on record saying these are your first steps? Not the first steps. The first steps? Okay. Not your father's first steps. Yeah, I'm definitely not hearing your father. But this is one of those parts of The Force Awakens that I just cannot wait to get, like, so I can just watch it over and over and over again to try to digest every little piece of it. Because it yeah. just goes by so yeah. fast. So fast. But I, I definitely did not hear father's footsteps. I, 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 These are your first steps, or these are the first steps. Or It, it would be acceptable to my ear. Not that okay. I'm an audiophile. That's what Kylo Ren heard, right, with his Vader love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, right. So, you, so you don't think it. So you're still thinking that it's not 100% solidifying her as a Skywalker. Is that what you're? I think that's too easy. I honestly, yeah. I think it's 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 to me it's it's oh well it's obvious right, and that to me would make it an even greater twist. So I don't care either way. I've got no horse in this race. I mean, if she is, she is. If she isn't, she isn't. Um, I I laugh at all the speculation. Especially those who like stand by their opinion. No, she is this. She's a Kenobi. <laughs> I'm like, but we don't know, and that's half the fun. So ninety percent. I don't know. I, 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 I it could, ha- it could be, and I would accept it, but it could not be, and I would accept that just as much. Christina, um, I'm in agreement with Chris. Um, it, for me, there are times when I'm like, it's going to just be the obvious. You know, uh, yeah, she's Luke's daughter. And then I've seen all the speculations that people have posted, put it on blogs, had on Twitter. And I believed into the Kenobi one for a little bit. And then I was like, okay, where are you going with this? How far do you want to dig a hole to find the treasure? You know, (laughs) um, I I think now at this point for me, I don't care which one she is either way. I think she's just going to be this awesome. And I'm going to keep the words clean very awesome and not use the word I was going to use. Um, Jedi. I think she is going to be amazing. Um, Very excited to see what the next few films will hold for her. For me, her just number one, having the talent that she has um, already just by, you know, when she battled Kylo Ren, then fixing the ships, um, fixing the Millennium Falcon. Now she's with Chewie. She's flying it. I mean, to me, I'm just like, I'm wearing a Ray t-shirt right now. You know, I'm just <laughs> sitting there going, this is just, oh, you know, the character, like, I love everything Star Wars, but it's just like, this is the character I've been waiting for. You know, I think I'm expecting great things from her. And whether she is or she isn't, I think we'll just be seen in the next, I probably the first five minutes of the next film, maybe the first half hour. Yeah. What are you thinking, Derek? Um, if I had to personally guess, I would say she's a Skywalker. Um, and you know, I I like I like the legends, I like the expanded universe a lot. I even try to look for clues inside the shows. But if Obi Wan Kenobi had a kid, it'd have to be either a character we don't know, or it'd mm-hmm. have to be Duchess Satine from the Clone Wars. And it didn't really seem like he was giving up the Jedi tradition or even 
coupling with her. I mean, yeah, he he did like her, and it was a very sad moment when she, sorry, spoiler alert, uh, she got gutted. (laughs) Oh, bummer. The the age wouldn't line up, though. Exactly. She'd have to be a grandchild of of that. Yeah. So that's the only reason I don't think it's a Kenobi. I mean, I'm as excited as the next fanboy, and I love the theories. I read them for fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bill, what were you thinking? I, I too, love the theories. Um, I totally agree that there's no way anybody could lay claim to anything with any sort of definitive, um, you know, kind of confidence. But um, I love the idea that that she's somehow connect more connected to Anakin. Um, mm-hmm. She just, you know, Christina, you were talking about her ability with mechanical things um and some of the some of the things that she hears in that vision and just a lot of a lot of stuff to me just points towards anakin as opposed to luke what that means is she is she a force clone somehow some clone of hit anakin's dna i i have no idea i've heard that that too you know um (laughs) whatever it is it's there's no definitive way to say anything i think but i love i love all the speculation i love reading about it that would be an interesting thing if she was a clone of somebody and not really a skywalker but a clone of a skywalker somewhere that's i would i would be i would be on board with that not by birth but by some kind of weird yeah that'd be interesting and then who would who would have done that and then that would explain why like i can't see luke if it was luke's kid and luke was in that that jumper that flew we saw flying away i was like i can't see luke Lee leaving his kid with unker plot like why why would you do that wouldn't you leave it with someone more trusting gentle? yeah yeah uncle plot doesn't seem like the warm and cuddly type either <laughs> yeah well that's not the way of a skywalker growing up though because i mean look how look how anakin grew up look how luke grew up i mean mm, you don't get to grow up all posh well okay leia but Whatever. <laughs> Jason, well, you know, you had something, right? Yeah, I was just curious. Could there be a connection somehow with Leia? That she's a daughter of Leia or so, a relative okay. of Leia or something? So, so let's jump to, I mean, I, if we're going chronological of the film, and, and John, you may be getting to this, but like the the, the end scene with uh, Leia and Ray meeting for the first time. And they hug, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, 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 if there was something that like had me still puzzling, it, it's specifically that scene. Yes. Yeah. Like, because they the never first, met, oh, and yeah. I don't think Finn even mentioned her name. No, it's, she's that girl. Yeah, my uh, friend or something like that yeah. is all he says. So, well, I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. I mean, it. it, it uh, Leia knew something that Ray didn't know, and so Leia knows. I still feel that Han knows of Ray's uh, uh, origins. But I, and that's what had me originally thinking that Ray was a, a solo, specifically uh, between Han, Han and Leia, yeah. which would make her uh, uh, Kylo's uh, sister. Um, or it is possible, let's say, that Leia had um, uh, uh, Ray independent of uh, Han. Like Leia had a fling, so to speak. Mm-hmm. La 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I kind of agree. Yeah, I know. I don't want to hear such things, right? Um, but yeah, I know it, it would, it would follow a plot pattern that was used before. Yeah. Huh. Right. They, maybe they just have kids and they separate them from their parents or something. I don't know. 
But I know they kind of had that weird vibe going on when Ray and, and Leia met, and it's like, what the heck, you know? So it just wasn't ex- it wasn't ex- it wasn't explained outright. Just like Han's uh, kind of uh, almost shameful look when Ray said, "I didn't know there was this much green in the entire galaxy." Yeah. So it, and that to me is just an indicator. Okay, that's that's foreshadowing of some kind. We just don't know the rest of the story. Yeah, we're gonna have to wait and find out. You know. Yeah. In the next Would, films, right? Yeah, or, or the next one of the next two films, possibly. Yeah. But I expect it to be answered, obviously. But of what course, would be yeah. what would be the most dramatic choice, right? What would be the most dramatic choice? That she is Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> a, a clone or something. She is Kylo's grandfather, Re- reincarnated. And he loves he both loves and hates his grandfather, grandmother. You're jumping up and down, Christine. Yes, um, because when you were talking about could she be Han and um, Leia's daughter, it occurred to me, okay, Luke and Leia, twins, yes. Um, um, it's not unlike a female to who is a twin to have twins. Um, not okay. that they look anything alike. I'm not even saying that that's totally... I mean, I had it had crossed my mind that they're like, wow, we have this little girl, the boy's going bad. But see, I had this whole confusion on why would they hide her, one. Um, two, did they hide her when Kylo Ren went rogue, bad, naughty? Um, is he older than she is? Would that assume that he is an older brother, she's a younger? You know, like when I was trying to go, is she Han and Leia's daughter? You know, yeah. I, I like it's all these jumbled up thoughts tossing. And then I just like, well, that doesn't seem right. But, you know, it's not to any effect that she could be Luke's daughter either. But I'm just sitting there going, it, it, that's a possibility. But there's so much like hole in the story. Did they hide her when he went like cuckoo or did they hide her before that? Because who knows why? You know, and that's and like you said, um, with Han looking a little bit, oh man, bummer. She has never um, seen, you know, green, or or when she was in the ship, and she knows so much about how to do the ship and fix things that my mind, like everybody is saying, has automatically gone to. This looks like Anakin Skywalker all over again, but better. You know, um, I don't think there is any reincarnation. I just kind of throw that part out the window because, I don't know, it doesn't seem like in the Star Wars realm that that would happen. It could. They could surprise us and we could be going, what? But <laughs> um, I that's why I think she is within the family of either Luke or Leia. She's either Leia's daughter or Luke's. In my, That is my gut feeling that because she is so much like them in that sense I, I but like i said i will be fine either way because she's such an awesome character yeah. there we go Jason. There was, well yeah to carry on with what christina was saying i mean there's definitely some force action going there right we saw the use of that when she did daniel craig stormtrooper you know yes. to unlock yeah. her and let and let her go but i mean because one of the things uh, that that did jump out at me going, okay, here she is. She finds this lightsaber. She knows what it is. Okay. Maybe from history, she may have known what it is, but then she knew how to turn it on and use it proficiently. 
So that was kind of like, okay, well, here's some chick who just well, finds his lightsaber and is able to all of a sudden... Yeah, that know. brings us into the Daniel Craig scene, too, where I was like, how does she instinctively know how to use Force powers like yes. the uh, mind Jedi mind trick when she's supposedly... My perception of her, I guess I should say, is that she had never known anything about the Jedi. She thought they were a myth. Yes. So did she hear a story about them being able to... To, to do Jedi mind tricks, and she was like, "Well, maybe I'll just try it since they told me I might be sensitive to the Force." That would be like, my guess. That, yeah, that would that would be my guess because even even if you take um, or, or you put to to the side Kylo kind of opening her, which he kind of really did. He yeah, did beyond just the the vision. Yeah, um, which some people incorrectly call a flashback. It, it's not exactly a flashback. Um, the uh, uh, the fact that she might have known of the of the Jedi would probably lead to stories about the Jedi beyond oh Jedi or a myth. Yeah. And if she if her station was specifically on um, on Jakku, then the chances of you know people coming in and out or there being a, a cantina like environment somewhere, I think are pretty high. I think it would be a possibility that well maybe I can do that too. If I did that, maybe I can do this too. I just don't know how to do it, so let me let me try to you know let me try this. It didn't work, but maybe if I did it this way, maybe if I just relax into it and remember what Maz Kanata said. So I think it was a an amalgamation of things that we saw play out in the film, but also set up, or I guess kind of like a, a knowing that she would have had knowledge of of this kind of stuff well before the 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 movie kind of uh, kicked into play. Yeah, we got uh, what do we got Bill then Christina. So there's another possibility, and I, I think um, if she was there when Kylo turned on Luke um, and she witnessed some kind of slaughter or massacre, and she would have been a very young age, I think she's established as like a decade younger than, than Kylo Ren, um, there could be trauma and she, there might be memory loss or some kind of like amnesia or something that would be affecting her based on this trauma that, you know, you hear about little kids being abused and things like that. And they just forget about it. And it takes uh, a lot of times it takes therapy or something like that to unlock it or to, to bring those memories back. So there could be, there could be some latent hidden memories that are coming back. Hmm. That's, that's, that's a possibility. Yeah. Interesting. Christina. Yeah. Um, Oh, where was I going? Um, where was I going? I think someone said where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> you want you want Jason to talk, and maybe it'll come back to you. Yes. Yeah, Jason, go ahead. Well, Bill brought up an interesting point, White, especially with the 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 delayed trauma, or maybe the trauma wasn't delayed. Maybe she was chemically erased. Possibly, maybe maybe Kylo may have done it himself, or maybe something. Maybe not Kylo, but. Maybe there's something along those lines with respect to protect her. She was that portion of her memory was somehow somehow erased because I mean the ability to use the lightsaber kind of like it's all coming back to me now kind of thing. Yeah. How would she possibly know how to 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 do that? I mean that does bring an that does make an interesting plot twist, right? See, but okay, what, what, the question is is when did Ben or I'm sorry, well who would be Kylo? When did he go to Luke? At what age? Because if there's a discrepancy, I, I just don't I don't see Kylo Ren acting out in this movie having any idea that if Ray was his sister, he would know. 
Yeah, I, I like, agree. So, like, I don't think he knows about Ray at all. At all. Until like, they meet in the movie. It, but he, yeah, like as a, as another character, as another person. Yes, exactly. Because you know, like you think about when you know Kylo was in Ray's mind, saying, you know, talking about you, you see Han Solo as the father you wish you had. Trust me, you'd be dis- very disappointed. Or I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. you know, t- to me. He drops hints about knowing that he's a solo and that he he doesn't like his father all the time. Yeah, and I can't imagine it being that we would have had some kind of clue, an overt clue dropped that that he had any kind of idea that Ray was uh, uh, even force sensitive. Period. Like he he wouldn't have even. Tr- I don't even know if he would have tried to get into her head if he would have known that she wielded the force because when she pushed back. His, I mean, this is one of the reasons why some people are upset that Kylo Ren removed his mask, but he had to. Like, the, yeah. I mean, he how how could you have emoted the look of shock when when Ray pushes back into Kylo's head, mm-hmm. and that was uh, beyond yeah. indignance. It was just yeah. defending herself, and she, yeah. if anything, Kylo woke it up in in, in Ray, yeah. and that's when he realized it. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 anyway. I, I've probably so, waxed pathetic on it too long. And then we've got, and then we had Snoke, you know, saying the scavenger resisted you, you know. Yeah, well, but now I remembered what I was gonna say. Now, go ahead. Uh, um, it it was for me. She when they, if you take go back a little bit, when Ray and Finn were on the ship and they talked, "Are you Han Solo? We've heard tales of you." You know, are you that guy that, and then they named everything he did. The fact that she's probably also, and Finn too, heard about what Jedi can do. And then when somebody explains what she can do, yeah, like you guys said, there could have been some mind erasing or things like that. Or the force is so deep in her, as was said, it, uh, Kylo Ren forcing her could have, it's kind of like, mutated it woke it up it more inside of her for her to be able to tap in and now it's kind of like being said you have the power to um slay someone with your hand you're like oh my hand can do that now she's inside saying well i can do that now so let me try because i've heard tales of you know all of this happening i'm gonna give it a try yeah Uh, that, that, that was just my thought well maybe she didn't even hear a tale maybe the force told her that's I mean, true. Like, yes. You know, like she had a thought, you know, have you ever had that voice in your head? Maybe she had a yes. voice in her head. That Don't we all? Oh, I got a lot yeah. of voices in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Just when I start answering myself, that's when I get scared. <laughs> uh, any thoughts, Derek? Oh, you know, I, I think you guys are all bringing up interesting points. I mean, if I was going to go with the whole mind wipe theory, I would probably say that she was somehow separated from Kylo Ren from an early age if they were brother and sister and maybe he was not aware she existed. But, you know, these are all really interesting things. I know a lot of times with the cartoons, they're even trying to develop other types of Force traditions. And so maybe the way the Force manifests in in her is different than the way it manifests in other people like Luke and Anakin, you know, being the big characters. Yeah, so just a different manifestation, huh? So... John, this is Jason. Yeah. Not not to start a civil war on the on on the discussion here, but what if we backed up and why was she given the lightsaber to begin with? You mean why did Maz give it to her? Why did Maz give give her the lightsaber to begin or with? Or want to? Because she gave it to 
Finn to give to her, right? But it called mm-hmm. to her. I was just going to say that it totally called to her. Yeah, well, but, that, that was kind of... But didn't of... Maz, though, have to, like, relinquish and recognize, yes, this is calling to you, you must take this well, kind but of thing? She had a conversation with Han, so there's some backstory that I think Han knew about the girl mm. um, that she didn't know before. And then the fact that the lightsaber called to Rey, I think, was just icing on the cake. Yeah. And, like, you have, you need this. This is This is calling to you. And it, mind you, that lightsaber, to our knowledge, has never given anybody else that kind of, uh, 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 I guess, vision. Yeah, true. Like, it didn't. It didn't with Luke. No, yeah. Because wasn't that Anakin's uh, saber? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anakin's the child killer before him. The child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aha. <laughs> it's the only blue saber that was used for evil. Well, and yeah. it's also implied that Maz Kanata is Force-sensitive, so maybe she somehow knew about some of the connections to the lightsaber. Yeah, she says, I'm no Jedi, but I know about the Force, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, she knew that uh, Rey was down there, so maybe she sent something, you know? Could be, yeah. Sure. Well, you know, it, it also begs a question, is she Force-sensitive, or is she part of the Church of the Force, right? Yeah. We got <laughs> a lot of questions about Maz, yeah. I but, mean, I, I totally think that you know, Han might know who Ray was, is because there's so many times in the Falcon that he's staring at her, you know, and mm-hmm. he's like that, like if he's fond of her very quickly, you know, he wants her to join the crew, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and if you, if you think about it, he, if you think back to, you know, Han in the, the original trilogy and how you could tell he thought of something, he liked something, um, he was fascinated by something. He gave the same looks. You could read Han's facial expressions like if he was actually speaking. So to me, he was showing he knew something there. Like you said, he he knew he knows about her, who she is. Like he knows, and he's just not saying. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of got that vibe. You and know, now and... he can't say. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I and. Totally with uh, Kylo, too, when they mention, you know, there's a girl, and he's like, what girl? Like, it's like he already, like, knew about it. Yeah, yeah. I got that sense, too, but I wasn't sure. A girl? You know. Like, like, you know, I'm starting to think if they hid her from him yeah. when it all went down. That's yeah, but what I think, too. I, yeah, but then even if, if even if they hid her from the, him, wouldn't we have been – wouldn't we have – scene or what would we have to look deeper into to to have some kind of clue dropped in this film that he would be aware that she is from his past yeah he he is, i don't he know that right now yeah yeah um you gotta wonder if lawrence kasdan has actually thought any of this through yet um i mean think back to uh 77 when you have alec guinness like looking up and you're like Oh, he's not dead, not dead yet. And he's looking up like as if he's talking like Yoda or something like that. He didn't know any of that back in 77. But the way the the the, uh, the writers built that out and made this this uh, this little moment that he acted in at that time so much deeper, given the stories that came later. You got to wonder if Kazan at some point is setting up these uh, these uh, you know so-called dead ends at the, in this movie to branch out into ways that maybe he hasn't exactly flushed out yet. Um, and really be able to take the story in ways and directions that um, that aren't even set in stone. Or none so, of us are speculating even about, yeah. 
Yeah, so well, you got to wonder what direction Harrison Ford actually had when he was looking at Ray. Was it just to look at her as if, you know, long... I, I really want to look at the script to see what, what, what was actually... Oh, written in what the... Han, yeah. yeah, what Harrison was given to actually act that scene out. I mean, um, not that we're going to find, like, any uh, spoilers in there, but what was he working with to play off of and uh, when he was looking at Ray? And, and really curious. Yeah. Well, let's get through a couple more, like two or three more points real quick before you East Coasters get uh, staying up too late, you know? I'm sure a couple <laughs> of you are probably getting tired out there. So uh, one other thing that I had, speaking of visions, was uh, do you think that Vader's helmet, like when he touched it, he's referring to this give me another sign? Do you think he had one of those visions when he touched it for the first time? No. Or do you think it was Snoke pretending to be like a Vader figure and was manipulating him using the helmet as a manipulation device. Well, can I can I give uh, an idea? It if you want to go with at the end of Return of the Jedi, um, Vader going good, if you will. That's what some people think that he did a good deed. He repented and then he became a Force ghost with. Um, Obi-Wan and uh, Yoda to say that maybe he I don't think in my opinion if you want to say that that's where he went because that's what it showed at the end of Return of the Jedi would he come back and tell Kylo Ren to do bad things but it but I don't mean it was actually him I mean it was a vision it was a vision attached to the helmet right and that's why I'm agreeing with you that saying it couldn't be Vader it could be Snoke Actually, I'll, I'll throw in another theory. It's a, a, a Horcrux from Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover. Crossover. Yeah. The so, tree. The horror. tree. There you go. Well, you know what? I think you're onto something there. There, uh, There's a lot of emphasis on relics in this film, as much as Force Friday is to action figures. Um, you know, you have the lightsaber. You have the falcon. You have this helmet. And... It seems that, you know, Kylo was talking about having some sort of vision. Yeah. Uh, it could have been the identical vision that Ray had in a lot of ways, but how he interpreted that vision led him to believe in the dark side um, a, a heck of a lot more than the light. And I think that really was more in the eye of the beholder and what was in his heart. Okay. Hmm. What do you think, Derek? I, I, I'd agree with Joe. I really think it might be a matter of interpretation. And, you know, given the vision and the ambiguity, uh, Kylo Ren was also kind of on the fence a lot of the movie. I mean, he didn't know whether he could kill his father and seal the deal to the dark side. So, I mean, one of the interesting po- parts of his character for me is the fact that he is uh, torn, at least until the very end. Yeah. So you think at the end, his in- do you think his intention was always to kill Han? Or do you think there was a moment where he was going to not kill Han and go back with him? But then yeah, when, the, when he saw the light from the sun disappear, that's when he felt, I have no other choice because Snoke just won. So I better stay on the winning side. And then he decided to kill Han right there. Well, he, he, I'm sorry. Go go ahead. Uh, the, the, when he, 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 I think he was torn because I don't think he would have admitted that kind of weakness in front of Snoke otherwise. No. Yeah, and, and 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 yet I think uh, Han's uh, death scene, his final scene, 
was so filled with symbolism. Oh my god! Like there's no other. I mean, there towards the end of the film is just so much symbolism. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily the disappearing of the light that ultimately turned him, or if it was just a symbol or a cue to the audience that something had changed. Okay. Yeah, they kind of used it. There was a it. transition. Yeah. Edgar, at first, I think it was he was torn until the very end. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, yeah, like that light going out sort of represents the same thing in him, the light going out. Yeah, and I think it was just a symbol. Yeah. And it, it was kind of interesting, speaking of light, like um, I like Poe's line where he's like, as long as there's light, we have a chance. Because I was like, that kind of sums up all of Star Wars. As long as there's light, there's a chance. Don't you agree? Yes. Well, white light. Yeah, guys running around with a bunch of black lights. (laughs) Debater lights. Yeah. So uh, one other thing was that people have asked online. A big thing was how did R two D two wake up? Um, Something I heard from a couple people, and I'm not aware of the book, but somewhere in a book, or maybe it was in the actual novelization, they said that the chip that BB eight had. You could think of like had a Wi-Fi signal in it. And as soon as it was opened up within the area of R2, it sent R2 a signal saying that the map piece was found. Hmm. And then it took a while for R2 to process that information and then wake up with finding in his archive the rest of the map. Um, Is there any truth to that? What do you guys think about why R2 woke up suddenly when he did? Well, he's an old droid. Senior, yeah. man. Takes I'm just naps. saying. I'm just saying, man. I don't get not a day go by. I'm so I'm so old. I get out of bed. I, oh, and I'm I'm not a young droid here. I'm right there so, with you, man. It takes a long. So I. That's where you kind of have to suspend disbelief. Like, yeah. why didn't he wake up immediately? Well, because he he was asleep for a while, um, and maybe it, I I also think that. R2, if you know anything about his character, he's a smart ass. Yeah. You know, and he like so so he knows what he's doing, right? And and it is feasible that Luke would have given R2 explicit directions and obviously Luke and R2 have got a history in working together and coordinating things. Uh going back to Jedi where the lightsaber gets ejected and Luke catches it on the skiff, etc. Um Luke could very well have said, "Look, do not, you will not wake up until some event has happened. Yeah. And we don't know what that event is. Yeah. We don't know if it's this, that, or the other thing. Um, but we may, that again, that, that may be a part of the story that may get answered in, in the upcoming episodes. But that, to me, would be the, you know, if people don't want to subscribe to the theory, because that's all this is, yeah. is a theory, uh, that he took a long time to boot up, I, I believe, and that was kind of uh, mentioned, I think, J.J. Abrams did an interview and kind of he kind of answered it that way. It could very well be feasible that Luke programmed R2 or told R2, look, you do not move a circuit until X. We yeah. just don't know what X is. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, you know, and, and maybe in my mind, I was like, well, that X might be the other part of the map being found. And when that was activated it just brought R2, like sent a signal or did something like people, like other people were speculating. Um, I'll jump in. Um, 
I was about to say exactly what Chris said at the beginning. R2 has his own personality. And yeah, Luke could have told him for a certain event. But do they even know that R2 wasn't aware of what was happening around him? And, you know, maybe he was off. Maybe he was pretending to be off. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, R2's personality, he is a smartass. You know, he's just sitting there going, um, not yet, not yet. How about now? Like you know? his, his ears were always working. He just never. Yes. Yeah. yes. It, it's kind of like, all right, this is a dire moment. It's time. You know, not like, not when they were trying to figure this out. A dire moment had to happen. And the dire moment was then. Yeah. Like, like, like Han dying. Like when you know exactly. that Han is dead, because remember the scene immediately before was Chewbacca despondent. Yes. So you know he said when you know when you hear the Wookiee cry like this, you will know it is time to turn the page. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I, I realized I transposed that particular phrase. Can I do that again? You will know it is time to reveal the second part of the map when you hear Chewbacca cry like this. <laughs> Which, by the way, the first time I saw that scene, I got choked up. I got more choked up with that than I did Han's Han's death. Oh yeah. You and know. I, that... so, anyway, so it could have been that. It could have been that when you know Han has died, or when you know one of the trio has has died, Luke or, or, or Han or Leia. Um, you wake up. Yeah, that, that's that your sign. Be. Yeah, that's, see, that's when he woke up. Is when they came back after yep. that. That and Chewie, Chewie was crying. Yeah. I mean, can can we can can R2 understand Chewbacca? It's feasible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, C3PO can. Right. <laughs> it's just amazing those droids. I, I mean, as much as I loved BB8 because he is a little smart ass too and he's adorable and the thumbs up and all that, I I could watch a show with just him and R2 and I would be like <laughs> you would not understand word one but it would be an awesome show because two sidekicks rolling along the galaxy you know just <laughs> pissing people off like laughing at people oh they're so stupid you know I don't know there's my <laughs> random thought for the day sounds like a new serial <laughs> <laughs> BB-8 <laughs> BB-8s with R2-D2s yeah, yeah. But then but I'm with you. marshmallows And then that would just be sad And who wants to eat marshmallows for breakfast? Not me No lucky charms You know, no, I, I, I kind of want to throw a monkey wrench into the theory I don't actually necessarily believe this But you guys mentioned how maybe reluctant R2 is But R2 seems to be very loyal, though, and he's not really cantankerous like if you guys watch the Rebels uh, cartoon with Chopper. I could see Chopper going, all right, I'm not going to help him out. I don't feel like it. I'm lazy. I'm tired. I'm old. But R2? I don't know. I'm wondering if either R2 circuitry is getting old or maybe their preset condition was finding Lore Santeca's map. And then once they found the map, it just took them a while to power up. I don't know yeah. if he's willingly withholding it it might just be the fact that he's a very old droid what is he like 50 years old or maybe even 100 you know you don't know they, they even said didn't c3po say he he shut down after master luke disappeared yeah like r2 got sad r2 may might have been depressed okay i uh, could i could see that the depression angle i could see that him willingly withholding it not R2. so much well, no, I don't think he withheld it on purpose, but I'm pretty, it's kind of like, 
I don't know how to describe it. Like, as a person who is depressed, is aware of what is going on. They have shut down. They are aware of what's going on, and something cues them to, oh, hey, yeah, I heard what you were saying. It could be that and the fact that, he, yes, he is an old droid, and he was just probably in, you know, as in computer language, hibernation mode. I can yeah. see that. Sad, R2's sadness. <laughs> now everybody else is sad because R2 was sad. <laughs> yep. Well, the one last thing I want to bring up, I think, uh, going through my list, I think the, there's a couple things that weren't as important, so um, we can kind of glaze over them. But uh, I was thinking on the Luke part at the end, mm-hmm. and uh, and Luke in general, and I guess this goes back to a little bit of what you guys were bringing up earlier with time and when things happened. I did have that same question where we see Ray have the vision... And in the vision, when Kylo is standing next to his Knights of Ren, which I am assuming, since they show that in the rain, and they show them stabbing somebody in the rain with, like, a big rice picker hat on. And uh, I was like, okay, Kylo seems to have the same height and build and all this stuff as he does now, you know, so it led me to believe that that part of the vision where Kylo cut down all the Jedi that Luke was training was only a year or two ago. But yet, when you see the vision, um, Ray looks like an eight-year-old girl or something being left behind. And if there's any connection between Luke disappearing at the mm. same time as Ray being left behind, I'm like, when did all this stuff happen? Because the other part of yes. it, too, is... If Luke's only been gone for a year or two, why are they so, like, where's Luke, you know? And, like, everybody, you know, it's kind of like, it's the way that they're acting, it makes you think that Luke's been gone for 10 or 15 years, you know? So I'm kind of, like, confused with the whole relative time frames between everything, like, in that vision and when everything happened, you know? <clears throat> what do you guys think of all that, uh, Bill? Well, I think that Kylo is like 30 right and ray is like 20 or something in that range okay so so if 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 she's eight he would be 18 and i think you're at i think you're like maxed out your height at 18 i think are are very close to it uh you're a full-grown adult pretty much um so you think by having the mask on showing him with the mask on in those scenes we're just supposed to assume he's about 10 years younger but you're saying that he might have been around 20, and so he's going to be the same build and size as he is when he's 30. Hmm. Yeah, I see. I mean, just to just to like get the height thing and the time time wise, like the timing is it's possible that that's when it was. But I, I mean, that's all that's all I got in terms of yeah time and height. <laughs> I could, I could get behind that. That could work. I guess I just didn't realize that Kylo might be that old. I was thinking Kylo was more in his 20, like 21, 22, and Ray was more like 18. That was just my impression from watching the film. But, but that I'd, could be. You know. Yeah. You know, my guess actually it doesn't have a lot to do with uh, looking at the visual heights. It has to do with Disney marketing. Uh, there's going to be a book called New Republic uh, Bloodlines. It's supposed to be six years before the film. And if they're trying to advertise the movie, they might even try to answer the question of what happened with the Jedi Order and Kylo Ren. And maybe it's six years prior. Huh. Now, will, will Rogue One answer any of these questions as well, is what I'm wondering. 
I hope not. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I hope separate. not either. Yeah. 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 I think Rogue One is its own thing, and it's going to just be about the part leading up between Rebels and uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see that. You know, um, I mean, I think it would be a, a waste and a shame if we don't see at least one character from Rebels roll into Rogue One, and then that guy there um, that's like sitting next to Felicity Jones with the mustache. Everyone's like, "Oh, is that Biggs?" Could that be Biggs? And I'm like, I, I, we don't know. We'll find yeah, out in like know. 200 and something days. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was actually wondering after watching, speaking of this stuff and defectors and everything, after watching these last couple episodes of Rebels, I don't know how, is everybody pretty caught up or you guys don't, or does anyone just not care if I say something? I'm caught up. Yeah. I'm all set. Caught up. All right. So, nice. uh, Agent Callus seems to be leaning more and more towards being a rebellion or a yeah rebellion sympathizer and uh or at least understanding their plight and i'm wondering if that might and then seeing the 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 empire just totally abandon him and then when he finds his own way back he just kind of they they totally don't even know he was gone you know what i mean like they act as if they didn't realize he was even gone so it's kind of like i had this feeling that he was standing there going wow, the Empire doesn't care about me at all. I, I can be here or not. Whereas, you know, so I'm, I'm wondering if in the future, what do you think of this idea? He's, they said that Rogue One was like a saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I remember them clearly in one of the interviews saying that when they were trying to give an idea of what kind of film they were going to make. And in Saving Private Ryan, they went in to get somebody. It wasn't just to get information. There was an actual physical person they were after. So what if Agent Callus defects, has the Death Star plans, and that's who they go after in Rogue One? Or Ahsoka Tano, if we haven't seen the end of her timeline. Yeah. I like I like that theory. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm just yeah. Cur- curious. I know this is kind of off topic a little bit, but which would you guys want? Which Rebel characters would you guys want to see in Rogue One? Is there one particular you guys Ahsoka. like? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. And, and and here's why. Because. <laughs> Now, you want to talk about evil marketing genius, uh, <laughs> which, you know, Disney is purported to be. And it, it, I'm, I'm of the mindset of, like, give me more, man. <laughs> like, I, I, will, I will Star Wars my life in every way. Um, so Ahsoka, think about it, because Ahsoka is not only is she now within Rebels, which I think they did wisely. Oh, um, yeah. Beautiful but job. The, she was the Clone Wars, like stem to stern. Nothing would get. You know, think about it. all that, all that, uh, that IP that you have just sitting there, not collecting dust, um, but uh, it's there. And nothing would spur more people to go back and watch the Clone Wars and Rebels than tying one of its, you know, one of its core characters directly into the film franchise, which uh, to this point, been separate, couldn't happen, right? Yeah. It didn't yeah. happen. So Rogue One would absolutely be an opportunity. To, uh, to, I mean, let's assume. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'd be kind of excited if that were to happen. Yeah. You um, don't think Vader's going to take her out? I, I, I want something like that. I want that showdown. I don't know if I would want to see it in Rebels. I would, I would like to have seen her, if that, you know, to, to follow John's thinking, 
I, I think I would I would like to see her in in Star Wars, if only because I'm sorry, in the uh, Rogue One, because we know Vader's going to be in it, and that was an obvious. Like people had asked me months ago, I'm like Vader, because think about it, like Death Star plans, you need an evil villain, you need people who don't realize that Rogue One is a Star Wars movie that's not episodic. Yeah, um, Vader's the thing. I mean, Vader's very marketable. And I, again, I'm not saying that's the reason why, uh, but Ahsoka, if they brought Ahsoka into Rogue One. I mean, not only would you have a lot of buy-in from the Clone Wars fans, but you would have the reverse happen. You would have people who otherwise were not interested at all in seeing the cartoons. Like, the films were it for them. Well, suddenly, this Ahsoka character, she's doing something with Vader. Like, the backstory between Ahsoka and Vader, if it's standalone, right, there's this, this, this character. What's the backstory on her? Well, you've got the backstory on Ahsoka. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and you, you and, and I think that would just be, you want to talk about doing the ultimate fan service. I think bringing Ahsoka into Rogue One uh, would be reasonable. It, it would be a surprise, but I, I would be very happy to see that. So do you think that earlier mention of no Force users in Rogue One just was thrown out the window? I think it had to be. Yeah. I, you know, just because, you know, there's so much of the Force that's tied into the episodic content around the Skywalker family. I, I But I, I don't think they can eliminate it entirely. Like, you know, and maybe they will. Who, who knows? Hmm. Yeah. I don't care either way. I'm going to see it. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we all no doubt, for right? sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm counting down to the next Force Friday, man. I'm like, you know, like, yeah. No Hanukkah. Well, and then Hanukkah. May Fourth. May the Fourth be with you. Oh right, May the Fourth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, if there's any other points you guys want to bring up, might as well bring them up now. Otherwise, I think we can uh, wrap it up and let our East Coast guys hit the sack. Actually, John, this is Jason. I do have a question just because yeah. just because of the very esteemed group we have on the phone is one of the things that, that got me in The Force Awakens was is when uh, Han Solo dies and, and, and Chewie fires a shot wounding Kylo Ren. Why didn't he just lay into him some more? Why didn't he just keep on just firing away? Just Okay, keep... okay. so I, if you don't mind, I'll jump in on this. Um, he, 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 Chewie would have been around – Ben's birth. I mean, Han and Chewie were inseparable. Yeah. So it would go. It would stand to reason that Chewie grew up, or potentially even helped rear Ben. So I mean, think of the conflict that's going on with Chewie. I mean, beyond just like seeing this play out. Right. Like, could you really like you 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 reared this child? Could you kill that child for killing your 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 life mate, if you will? And I, I think that I, I think the. Uh, it, it, he he wounded him, but in, intentionally wounded him in a way that, hey, dude, you're not getting away with that, but I can't kill you. And that was a split-second decision. But there's a there's a backstory with Chewbacca and Ben, absolutely. Yeah, there has to be something between them, too. There has to be. My, thought, to be. my thought was kind of, too, that um, we saw how good Kylo was at being really fast when Poe tried to shoot he stopped that bullet and when ray tried to shoot he stopped her so he is really quick using that instinct so my thought was maybe because he was definitely distracted which is why that bullet was able to hit him but maybe it didn't hit him dead on because at the very last second he deflected it like a half an inch or something no, no. you know I, I think i think it was chewbacca i think it was all in chewie's hands chewie could have ended him yeah, yeah, he's a sharpshooter, right? No, easy, you know, yeah, yeah, easy headshot. 
And I don't, I don't think Kylo Ren expected it. Yeah, you think it's totally out of the blue? I think he was taken by surprise. I definitely agree yeah. with the, that analysis. His mind was somewhere else. I mean, he just killed his father, you know? Yeah. He was not concentrating on anything else. And and truth, truthfully, in that moment, I did not expect him to not kill Han. When Han, like I've said in many other times, when he walked onto the bridge, I was just like, that is a bad idea. Yeah, we all and, do it. We were all, yeah, we were all I, echoing in the theater, I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, yeah, right. right. <laughs> right and and he, when he said, can you help me? I'm like, this is not, no, he does not want help. Yeah, he is, but he, he's playing on Han's heartstrings. So. But, but Han knew he was going to die. There's foreshadowing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He knew he was marching into his death, which is one of the reasons why he, when Leia said, you know, how are you going to do that? He said, you trust me, you don't want to know or, you know, yeah, if you, exactly. you, you, you wouldn't like it. I, he, I, I think there's enough – Harrison Ford's portrayal of, of Han Solo – I think this was his best Han Solo yeah. in all the films. It was great, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was epic. Uh, so much gravitas, so much. It was just – oh, it was perfect. And he, he – he knew. He knew he was marching into his death, and that's what—that's what makes the scene so much more, like, how, how do I say, it? just so, so impactful than than it is on the surface. On the surface, he's killed, but that's just part of it, right? You know, it's—it's—he knows he's walking into it, and then to hear, you know, you know, the the twisted part of Kylo saying thank you. Did then you have to ask? Did Kylo, when he said, you know, I, I want to do this, but will you help me? Did Kylo? intend on killing him at that moment did han ex- already accept that kylo meant that he was going to kill han there, there is just so like there's so yeah many, I, I mean i could trust me this is like a three-hour conversation yeah <laughs> there's layers on layers on oh, that, layers. just on that moment layers. yeah yeah i can't yeah. even get started on this one right now yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> too late in the night oh so much so many good things to talk about right there yeah Sounds like another show. Yeah. <laughs> were there trees in that scene? I didn't see the trees. Yeah. <laughs> they were outside, though. They were outside. The they were outside blowing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now they're That's a whole sick. new sun. I... So uh, <laughs> anything else that you guys want to say before we close on out of here? Take our hyper jump. I just out. want to say thank you. This has been a real joy for me to to be able to participate on this call with you guys and your points of view and your depth of knowledge is inspiring and intimidating. And Jason, you get to put some uh, faces and voices to the names that you see online, right? Yeah, I'm excited for sure. For sure. I was out on YouTube already. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having, uh, having us on. Really appreciate it. It was a great time. Yeah, because uh, Jason, all these guys make incredible content, and I highly recommend you and Derek checking them out for uh, Star Wars information and stuff. Yeah, awesome. You know, the, Thank you. Yeah, this Joe, Bill, Chris, and Chris Perillo make just incredible content, and uh, it's really worth subscribing to all of it. Yeah, but I'd be careful about watching the other Chris's videos because he'll he'll drain your wallet faster than. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you you watch. <laughs> there have been a couple of items that I passed to the stores, and then oh. I watch one of Chris Salton's videos on Collector's Hut and go, like, oh, no. I gotta go pick that guy up." <laughs> <laughs> <than> I thought. 
The greatest spokesman with no endorsements yet. What's going yeah. on, guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just love this stuff, and I have to have it all. There you go. Yeah. Wait no. until you see what I have coming in about like two weeks from now. Oh, no. It's going to uh, blow minds. Yeah. It, it's amazing seeing all you guys. I mean, John's kid be in on this uh, you know, a couple of years ago, or at least a year ago, it seems like. But it's amazing to see all you guys again. Like, I missed Chris Sultan for the first time at the convention, and unfortunately I missed Christina, but... Seeing all you guys with the same hobbies is for me is amazing as a fan. I'm glad you know to have talked to you guys. Well, I like that you brought that up because I was just talking about uh, talking about this to Joe, and the next celebration is going to be so interesting because oh, we've yeah. met so many people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hey, Chris, do you know where it is? The next celebration. I, word on the word on the street is going to be like Orlando, but yeah. I, oh, that's you mean not... the next one? Next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not not London. The next in the states. I'm yeah. here in Florida also. I I would like I would like it to be in Florida. Yeah. The that fact would. that it was in Anaheim, you know, here for me was just uh, Well, that's right where you live. You're like a block yeah. away, right? I, I mean, so the Thursday, the Thursday uh before it started to so like that preview night, I literally drove around the convention center just trying to see stuff and there was just people in Jedi costumes all oh, over man. and I was just like standing there going oh you know there was people crossing the streets to their hotels in costumes and then when I got there I mean yes there was people in costumes but there was a, more people in you know regular clothes on a Saturday than you know the first one but I was I was following I was sitting there walking around following Twitter to find out where like John and everybody was I mean they didn't know who I was then but um it was funny because I was like, am I looking at the same thing they're looking at? You know, <laughs> how long has this tweet passed and have they moved? Because everything was so fast. Just and then watching the Jedi, you just you needed I only had one day, but you all you really seriously needed more than one day to experience it. Oh, I think I spent most of the day, like I said, in lines. So but which is fine because you you're talking to people who love this like we did tonight love it so much i mean you can talk for hours and people don't care because it's star wars there's so much to talk about and it's so exciting yeah you know and you know they talk about collections um i apparently collect star wars t-shirts so i mean that's <laughs> fine <laughs> people ask me you know okay do you have any other clothes like i'll my bottom will change like i'll have different pants a skirt you know jeans shorts something but a star wars shirt will be on but in football seasons it'll rotate between star wars and seahawks shirts but someone has challenged me to um find a star wars and seahawks shirt together and i said i don't live in seattle i you know so i am requiring anybody who does to find me one which i will then pay for I well, I think you replied to the tweet that I I, I had the uh, koozie and yes. the Yalta, yeah. So there's there there's a Seahawks koozie and then a Seahawks Darth Vader mashup koozie and a blanket. I've seen those two oh. NFL licensed, uh, Lucasfilm yep. licensed merch. So it's it's probably going to you could probably go online somewhere and I'd imagine there's a Seahawks t-shirt. I I can't I, I'd be shocked. Yeah, if there wasn't. I've looked I for the wear... shirt. I haven't found it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Do they so do yes, any anything celebration is yay. Do they do any crossovers in Boston between your teams and the and the film franchises? That's a good question. I don't think I've seen anything. 
No, I, I don't think, think, I don't think NFL's so. NFL's got the NFL's got the license, though. I mean, they, they yeah. So, and they do more than one team, which is a bit disingenuous. I mean, yeah, they would do them all, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Oh, right. You know, you know what comes to mind? Um, May 9th, um, at Star Wars Day at Fenway Park, and um, they give away like a gift. Yeah. And uh, it's a baseball, but it's BB-8. So oh, it's pretty, oh, pretty oh that's so, awesome. Yeah. So oh. I will be there yeah. for that. Oh, actually, I yeah. Bef- yeah, I didn't know about that. Oh, before I interrupt, I is there any way we in. can meet all you guys at the next Star Wars celebration if it's in the U.S.? I think it'd be awesome if we could all meet together. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's what kind of what happened with um, me, John, Derek, uh, Daryl. Yeah. Um, we met the first day, and then it was just like, we just it, kept, it just seemed like we're together every panel. Yeah, we just kept meeting up. <laughs> yeah, this is because uh, this is awesome. I think it'd be a great tradition. I want to meet all you guys. If you guys can make Florida for whatever reason, it'd be freaking awesome. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. That that would. And you know what? I, when you were talking about um, at Family um, Angel Stadium is you know down the street from Disneyland. Um, I they uh, they did a Star Wars night with the angels, so. I could see in their giveaway, they have giveaway nights. Um, I could see something like that in their future too, which would be awesome because Angels, Disney, Star Wars, there you go. Yes. Yeah, they posted that baseball um, a couple of days ago, and it works out perfectly because my brother hates, like, all the Boston teams, but he loves the A's, and that's who they're playing. So I I was like – Oh, well, exactly, and, and and the good thing is I will be getting his baseball because he could care less. So <laughs> I, I will have two for sure. Nice. Oh, that's Thanks, awesome. Buddy. Nice. <laughs> oh, Joe, Joe. I mean, obviously, you're more than welcome to come. You know. I might need. Yeah, I might need to get some tickets. Let's, we got to talk off. Talk yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, we, we didn't get. Uh, we didn't get tickets yet. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah Joe. Then so, you'll have to bring someone who doesn't care about it and get two yourself. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, unless there's any other final thoughts, I want to say thank you, Chris Salton. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Bill, all you guys for joining us from Boston. Thank you. And yeah, thank you. Thanks yeah, a lot thanks, to Tom. our local guys, Chris Perillo, super fan Jason, Christina Pryor, and Derek. Thank you. Thank you, guys. May the force thank be you. with you. Yes, and also with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's been a good time. Thanks a lot for joining me. We'll close out with that song from Zazu Pitts again. Kylo Ren, Rise of the First Order. Have a good night. Uh, Yeah. Have a great night, everybody. Bye. 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 See ya. Bye.